Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminals, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by us, your bartenders. Hey guys, I'm Tabitha. And I'm Katie. And welcome back. And just going to let you know right now that the sound quality is not going to be that great because I'm actually recording from Rhode Island. What's up? What's up, Rhode Island? (laughs) So, yeah, that's where I'm recording, and Katie's in Sacramento. (laughs) I'm not only three hours ahead of you, though. I'm three drinks ahead. (laughs) So watch out. And apparently, I'm also only an hour and a half away from where tonight's crime took place. Spooky as hell. (laughs) So tonight's topic, um, it's actually introduced to us by my aunt, who's a listener. So I know. Shout out, aunt. Shout Kim. out. Uh, she um, she told us about this show called Your Worst Nightmare, which <laughs> both of us we like, all binged. <laughs> we binged it so hard. It's so cheap. At first, we were just like, "What the hell is this?" And then, you know, two episodes in, we're all, "This is great." <laughs> this is the first episode we saw too, and this is one of those episodes yeah. where I'm not going to spoil it for you guys right now. But it's like one of those things. Where it's like, but wait there's more yeah but wait there's more and we're like holy (laughs) fuck and then we find out that every episode of this show is like that so i now highly recommend you go and watch your worst nightmare on hulu i think it's on investigate it's investigate yeah investigate um (laughs) discovery tv amazing but um this is i think season two episode one so it's either uh, one or done... two. I can't remember, yeah. but it's it's a cry, 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 cry. You guys are in for a real thrill tonight, so yeah, yeah. Buckle it's, up. It's crazy. <laughs> so, um, but first, we're gonna get our drinks ready. Um, so tonight's drink is the Blushing Bride, and um, you'll find out why. So, in a glass, mix oh, one ounce of gin. I'm so freaked out already. <laughs> oh, you'll find out. Um, so, mix one ounce of gin, uh, three quarter ounces of triple sec, and one ounce of billet blanc um, with half an ounce of blood orange juice. Shake it up with some ice and then into an absinthe rinsed martini glass. Um, it's delicious. It's strong. It's kind of like a corpse reviver number two. Um, and you guys can find that recipe on our patreon um slash crimes and cocktails or instagram which is at crimes and cocktails and like you guys know i already don't like gin and i'm three glasses in on this drink right now so i'm really enjoying this drink right now (laughs) just (laughs) letting you know (laughs) but yeah give it a try let us know what you think cheers ding ding yep 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 let us know what you think on um Apple Podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
We need those reviews, guys. And thank you guys so much. We just want to say a huge thank you to... We've already... Hi, Minerva. If you just heard that bark, <laughs> that's Minerva barking in the background. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be your top quality recording tonight, but we're, we're doing it. We're doing it. I'm on vacation. Katie's about to go on vacation. We're at the in-between, and we really were, we were thinking about not doing an episode this week, and we're like, nah, we're going to do it. So, enjoy. Uh, yeah. But yeah, thank you guys. We are over 1,500 downloads, whoop, whoop, which is pretty exciting. Um, see if we can get to 2,000 downloads. And I, I personally, so I try not to do this, but I do pay attention to like a, a lot of other podcasts around us. And there's so many amazing podcasts out there. Definitely check them out. We're big fans of a lot of podcasts, like a podcast community that we're kind of a part of. But sometimes you see podcasts and you're like, wow, we have this many followers and listens. I'm like, wow, how come we're not there yet? It's okay. We're the slow and steady. And also, we've only had like 17 episodes so far. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, we're averaging like 100 listens an episode, which I think is pretty pretty stellar, man. It's pretty stellar. I'm proud of ourselves. And we started this, you know, as a way because we love true crime podcasts. We love true crime. Documentaries and just... Literally, this is kind of our way because before we would just like text back and forth all these different true crime like cases, and uh, now it's kind of our way to talk about it and have some fun and uh, and drink about it. Wah, wah. And drink. <laughs> yeah, we also are fans <laughs> of drinking. So, yeah, so now we justify <laughs> this our drinking and crime <laughs> knowledge because, like, hey, <clears throat> I have a podcast, so yeah, that's it's why not I need creepy to know and I'm not an alcoholic. I do it for the <laughs> yeah. podcast. No, it's for the it's podcast. Duh. <laughs> but yeah. I'm over here in Rhode Island. It is like... I don't even know what time it is right now. It's like 9.30, my time. 6.30, The house she's staying in is creepy as hell. I got a tour it is. earlier. And when you hear the story of... When you hear tonight's story, I will share a little bit of why the house I'm staying in is so creepy to me right now. I mean, it's really why cool. I'm over here. might be the next episode. Oh my gosh, no. I'm seeing a lot of like... You know, American history, right? I went to Salem over the weekend. Maybe you guys saw the video on IG. Uh, I went to Boston. I'm in Rhode Island. It's a lot of colonial stuff. It's always spooky when you go back to old America, though, right? (laughs) Man. It's spooky anytime you're in a building that's, like, over 100 years old. Mm -hmm. But anyways, let's get into tonight's story. Uh, okay, so our story begins in 1986 when 16-year-old Daniel, Daniel LaPlante, called the home of Annie and Jessica Andrews. He claimed that he had got their number from a mutual friend they went to school with. Um, he also said that he was an athletic, good-looking blonde boy, um, and then he just went to another school nearby. So, you know, the girls trusted him because this It's like the, the Tinder 80s. of the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your friend gave Let me. Let me look up a phone number or a phone book and call them and see if there's any single girls there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so uh, he locked out, I guess. Um, Turn page left. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Bad joke. Uh, <laughs> I told you guys I was three drinks in, so leave me alone. <laughs> he had to describe his, oh yeah, athletic, good looking, blonde boy. And just like, all right, way to describe yourself. So um, he had several calls with the two sisters, and mostly Annie. She was the older one. Um, And then eventually, Danny asked her out. So um, she was like, oh, yeah, sure. Good-looking blonde boy. (laughs) I'm on my way. And so the two met for ice cream, and Annie immediately was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Catfished. 
So Danny was not all um, at all how he described himself. So it was a major catfish. Um, he was disheveled, greasy, dark hair, uh, you know, stinky, stinky, uh, yeah, stinky Ray. Um, <laughs> Sorry, there was this guy that we went to college with that people used to call yeah. Stinky Ray, and he did not stinky. know he was called Stinky Ray, but he was well deserved that name. <laughs> yeah, I tried to spray him a few times sitting next to him. <laughs> I remember when we were in astronomy, and you're all. Just a little spritz. <laughs> Just a little spritz. Um, but yeah, Danny was like, I don't know. He looked like some greasy pockmarked wolf man. <laughs> and that might sound mean, but um, when you see what he did, it's not so mean after all. You can make fun so, of criminals, okay? It doesn't matter. If they're nice people, you can't make fun of them. But if they do yeah. heinous crimes like this guy, you can call him pepperoni werewolf all you want. <laughs> Yes. All right. SV. Dun dun. Yeah. Dun dun. I'm so. Just off a side, real quick. I'm so excited for Stapler to come back. Like, I I am counting down the days. So, tell the reunion. I didn't know exactly when it was happening. And then I saw an ad today that was like, SVU's Stapler's coming home. And I was like, oh my gosh, April 1st. I'm ready. Yes. I know I'm gonna be like get my popcorn ready and it's gonna be a good time. And then SVU <laughs> comes on, they're like April Fools. <laughs> oh my god! I, I would hate would them cry so much. Like, real tears. <laughs> I would cry. I'd be like, you broke my heart for the last time. Um, but anyway, so um, Annie decided to con- continue the date. She probably didn't want to be like rude. Like you look like a wolf man. I'm out. But we've all um, been there. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. There's a difference. Yeah. So, true story. I went on a date with a homeless guy. I'll <laughs> tell you more about that later. But, you know, lying up front, guys, it's not appreciated. If you yeah, when are... You say that you're don't lie feet. about your height. <laughs> don't lie about having kids, because that also happened to me, too. This guy, I literally saw pictures of his kids in his house. I was like, oh, who are those? And he, like, lied to me about it. I've been well, on some crazy dates, nephew. guys. But anyways, don't lie. Just don't lie. Don't lie. Let him accept yeah. you as you are. Because here's the thing. I don't really mind if you have kids. I might mind on the homeless thing. <laughs> like, I won't honestly, mind if you have acne. I don't mind if you're short. I don't mind any of that. Just don't lie to me. Don't lie. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I do mind lying. Like the black eyed <laughs> piece say, don't lie. <laughs> yes. So, um... Somehow, while they were on the date, Annie brought up that her mother had died a couple of months prior, and Danny immediately began to, like, be super inappropriate. Um, He started to ask Annie what happened, like, how she felt about her mom's death, and if she was um, in pain over the death, death, and then if her mother had died in agony. Um, And then he seemed excited about the fact that her mother might have died a painful death, so, like, any normal Not girl, cool, Annie man. was all, I cool. am out. So, she ended the date, and then she also made it clear that she wasn't interested in pursuing any sort of relationship with Danny. Um, so, you know, that was that. <laughs> Usually, you know, when a guy seems excited that your mother died in pain, you, hmm. should, you should end it. <laughs> Next. Yeah. So, flash forward a little bit. Annie and her sister Jessica decide they want to try and talk to their dead mother. So they do what most girls do, right? And they conduct a proper seance. 
Uh, for the moment, it seemed like it may have worked because they started hearing knocking on the walls. And so they're like, oh shit, what do we do? Let's stop the seance, which is not what you want to yeah. do. Didn't you want to talk to your mom? Yeah, no, you succeeded. But, uh, so this continued over the next few months, and the knocking became so frequent and unrelenting that it disrupted the girls' sleep. As time went on, objects around the house began to disappear. Items that were placed on the dining table would find themselves thrown across the floor. The girls would come home and find their furniture had been rearranged or moved from one side of the room to the other. So Jessica and Annie started to believe that they were being tormented by like a vengeful and horrible demonic spirit and not the spirit of their mother. Um, which I honestly would think the same. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'd be so I don't know. Um, they tried to tell their dad, Brian Andrews, but he like wasn't buying their ghost and demon bullshit. He was just like, you guys are making this up and you're moving the stuff around. And um, just like, did he think they were knocking on the walls and all that stuff? I, I don't know. I feel um, like he worked a lot. And so he wasn't always hearing when the knocking on the walls was happening. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I actually did not look up what his job was. But mm-hmm. from what I could tell, it seemed like he worked a lot of nights. Um, yeah. he was always gone at night. Yeah. And that's when, like, stuff would get crazy for them. So. That's right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, but, you know, if your parents, if your kids don't have a habit of lying and they tell you something crazy's going on, like, believe them. So the girls told their father that they had unintentionally allowed this demon or ghost into the family home. Um, But, you know, he was just one of those fun-killing dads and was like, I don't believe in ghosts, so. Boo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Boo. Boo. Um. That was the ghost saying boo to, to yes. him not believing in him, by the way. I'll <laughs> boo on you. Uh, boo, you whore. Um, so instead, he thought his young daughters were struggling with the death of their mother and were using these ghost stories to cope and, you know, get attention. I mean, let's be honest. Most preteens do do stupid bullshit to get attention. Oh, yeah. But, no, know. I was so dumb. When I was, I think I told this story before maybe on one of our um, patron episodes, but, like, when I was in middle school, I'd convinced myself my neighbor was the Zodiac. And I'm like, it's <laughs> just, like, you do stupid shit. So. Like, no, Mom, he really is, and um, I'm going to prove it to you. Because we watch these stupid, like, yeah. Harriet the Spy shit that motivates mm-hmm. us to do all this stuff and be like, I can do anything. I'm 13, yeah. Mom. I should be allowed yeah. to do whatever. <laughs> That's my favorite. I'm 13 favorite. and I've taken down the Zodiac yeah. killer. Yeah, I'm 13. <laughs> they're always doing stupid shit when they're 13 on every Disney Channel movie. I'm 13 mm-hmm. and you never let me do anything. That's why I felt like I had the right to do shit. Even though I didn't. Yeah. I was 13. I was not an adult. <laughs> Go back to your room. Keep listening to whatever music you listen to at 13 now. Do your thing. Brittany. What I did? Oh, I, now? I don't know what they're listening to now. Billie Eilish. <laughs> I don't know either. Whatever's on TikTok, you Cardi know? B. TikTok these <laughs> days, right? Am I right? <laughs> Doing a new TikTok dance over there? <laughs> Can you tell we're in our 30s? Yeah, I have a TikTok. I do not do the so dancing. Do I, 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 do, I don't understand I don't... the dancing. Yeah. What is either the dancing? Either do I. <laughs> either do I. So... They did 
what every stupid girl does in a horror movie. They grab a large kitchen knife and they bravely walk down in the basement. I would never do this. Hell no. Ever. At 30, no. I wouldn't Hell do this. No. I wouldn't do this Hell as no. a preteen teenager. So, the house that I'm staying in in Rhode Island has a full-on basement, and I'm sure everyone across America is like, all our houses have basements. In California, we don't have basements. No. Why? Because we don't have tornadoes, so we don't really have to worry about that or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, we don't really have flooding. We don't really have tornadoes. What do we have in California? Oh, earthquakes. earthquakes. <laughs> exactly. And you don't want to be in a hole Closer where to buildings the topple on top of you, so no. Yeah. We don't have basements. It's not really a thing. I mean, some places older do. homes like, I'll have try them, and think but about it. not really. Yeah. Like when I was uh, when we lived for a short time when I was a kid in San Jose, that house had a basement, which was also creepy as hell, and it was below my bedroom. <laughs> um, that well, that had a basement, but there was just like we never used it. We just kept it. Yeah, it's like a storage. Yeah, thing. I mean. I know I've been in houses that have basements in California, but it is pretty rare. Like yeah. a lot of houses just don't have basements, so. I don't know. It's not a thing here. I know it's a thing everywhere else. It's not a thing here. So it creeps me the fuck out. Um, And these girls go down into the basement, which I'm just like, where I'm staying right now, uh, I made Brandon put a bunch of cases of wine over the basement door because I was like, I don't want anything from down there to come up here. So, (laughs) no. You just hear it like, boom, boom, in the middle of the night. Hell fucking. No. Wine bottles oh, scattered all over. Watch too many of your worst nightmares. <laughs> There's literally one. I'll just give you a, a little spoiler. It's not on this episode. It's on a different episode where a guy does come in through the through the basement and he mm-hmm. carves a hole underneath their bed mm-hmm. so that he can get in. So I made Brandon check the bed last night. <laughs> Make sure there's not a hole under there. <laughs> I, don't ah, I hate it. I hate it so much. This house is creepy. So these girls with their knife. Go down the basement steps. Now, as soon as they go into the basement, on the wall, in bright blood red, it says, I'm in your room. Come and find me. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck no. If don't At think, this point, I hope you stay lost uh, forever. <laughs> no. No. I would be like, Dad, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. And if no. my dad doesn't believe me at this point, I'm just like, well, I'm staying the night at so-and-so's house for the next year. Don't let Dean. Exactly. <laughs> the girls get the hell out of there. They race to their neighbor's house, and they wait for their dad to come home. And again, he's just like, oh, my gosh, you girls are being so annoying and writing all over the walls. It's not blood, by the way. They find out it's ketchup. So he's like, that's it. You guys are getting counseling. That's going to solve your problems. So a few weeks later, the girls hear knocking sounds again. Um, But this time they're coming from behind Annie's bedroom wall. So these girls slowly go into Annie's room. And again, lo and behold, on the wall in bright bloody red ketchup, it says, I'm back. Find me if you can. No. Fuck no. Fuck um, no. And by the way, if I knocking on oh the wall, I would not go into the room. Like, right? I would hear knocking. I would be like, that's nice. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> Here's the keys. Have a nice life. Yeah, Enjoy you can the have, house. You can have the house. Bye, ghost. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye, ghost. So the girls again run to their neighbor's house and call their dad, Brian, who once again assures them, like, the girls... Um, He's just like, you know, it's, or he's assuming that they're just being crazy again and making stuff up or, you know, trying to get attention. And so he comes home to check out the house and then prove that there's nothing there. 
This time, though, when the dad steps into the house, the house is drastically more of a mess than it was when the girls ran out of the house. And the neighbor can confirm this. The neighbor, when they ran to the house, the neighbor kind of looked in there and was like, what the heck? And they went back to the neighbor's house. When the dad comes home, they walk over there, and the dad's like, I'm going to prove to you, you guys are being ridiculous. The house is a total chaos. It's just total wreck. Like, things thrown everywhere. Every TV and radio is on, on to white noise. Um, it's just flashing stuff everywhere. Uh, and I believe there was alcohol poured too, right? I believe there was like two, a glass of... I think so, yeah. ...of champagne or something like that poured too. It's just kind of like a chaotic, what the hell's going on? So he's like, okay. At this point, he's like, maybe someone has been in here in between the girls leaving and me coming here. Maybe they've been telling the truth the whole time. I don't know. Oh, fuck. So he decides he's going to go and check Annie's room. As he goes up the stairs and he checks the room, on the wall in her room, in bright red writing again, it says, marry me. <laughs> then across the room, he sees a woman with blonde hair in a wedding dress. And she slowly turns, and it's fucking Danny LaPlante. He has on a blonde wig, makeup, and Brian's late wife's wedding dress that he must have dug out of the closets. And guess what? He's holding tightly a hatchet. So here comes the bride. What does the bride at uh, the Haunted Mansion say? Um, Till death do us part? Yes. Something like that. <laughs> That's what it just reminds me of. Holy fuck though. Such a fucking, oh my gosh. That's crazy. You go back, you go in your house, everything's a mess. And then there's <laughs> just this creepy ass kid in your wife's, your dead wife's wedding dress with a wig on. It's just insane. I'd be like, I take back everything I ever fucking said to my daughters right now. Right. you right. you right. <laughs> so uh, immediately Brian and Danny have a scuffle. Um, Danny breaks free and disappears, like vanishes. And so Brian, you know, runs out of the house. He calls the police. And when the police arrive, they can't find Danny anywhere. But they see the messages on the wall, and that's where they, you know, determine that it was written in ketchup. Um, they couldn't find any evidence of how Danny got into the house or any signs of a break-in. So, you know, it's almost, it is almost like a ghost. He just, like, disappeared. All right. Are you guys ready for this? So, an officer finds a hidden crawl space behind a storage cupboard in Annie's room. Holy thick. So they pull up, they pull back the cupboard and they see Danny curled up in there. They pull him out and they arrest him. And you think, oh my gosh, this is crazy. He's hiding in a crawl space. No, 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 no. They discover that Danny has been living in the crawl space for months. Four <laughs> fucking months. There are passageways in the walls and peepholes in every single room in the house. So he's always able to see what's going on in the fucking house. And that's where all the knocking was. It wasn't a fucking ghost. It was fucking Danny LaPlante. And that is why I am really scared living in a house right now that has crawl spaces and a basement. Yeah. And peepholes (laughs) in every room. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. It's. I would be so scared. I would probably like, oh, you found a crawl space? Oh, you found somebody living in our walls? Okay, well, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Just 
four screams. months. Like, Phew. like, uh, holy fuck. So obviously, <laughs> obviously this fool's arrested. And for the next few months, the Andrews family um, decide that, you know, <laughs> they need to move and have a fresh start. Like, I personally could not live in that home again. So I don't. No, I don't. No way, I'm, like, I'm out. I'd be I'm so never coming back to Massachusetts, that. honestly. So um, Danny was sent to a juvenile facility until October 1987. And his mother was able to get him out on bail. Right before being released, Danny's, uh, you know, he's back at again. He breaks into a few homes um, and steals two handguns from a nearby neighbor. But wait, there's more. Yeah, his story's not not, not over at all. It's so, the worst. It's the worst kind of story. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't get any better. It's like the OxyClean. <laughs> there's more. <laughs> so, so on uh, December 1st, Danny broke into the Gustafsson Gustafsson family home. Uh, it's only about a half a mile away from his house, and so he waits until the family arrives home and fatefully meets 33-year-old pregnant, uh, I can't pregnant Priscilla and her two small children, eight-year-old Abigail and five-year-old William, as they enter the home. Her husband Andrew was at work, and so when Andrew, the husband, gets home from work that day, he finds his wife laying face down on their bed with blood splattered everywhere. She had been brutally raped by Danny and then shot several times in the head at point blank range. The husband couldn't stomach finding his kid, his children alone, so he called the police. And when they arrived, they found the two children drowned in separate bathtubs. Five-year-old William was found in the upstairs tub and his eight-year-old sister was found in the downstairs tub. In the master bedroom, they found two uh, 22 caliber bullet casings, an open, untouched can of beer, and semen stains on the bed. They also discovered shoe prints in a flower bed outside the home. There were also some items which had been taken from the Gustafsson home, including a cable television box and a cordless phone. Yeah, so... Ugh, immediately, basically immediately, the police suspect Danny... I mean, he had been out of juvie for a little over a month. He lived really close by to this. He was known for robberies and break-ins. And actually, the detective on the scene kind of recognized some of the blood splatter patterns to be reminiscent to even the ketchup writing on the walls in the Andrews home. So the police go to question Danny the next day. They find him at the Townsend Public Library he denies any involvement in the murders. He tells the police, oh, I was at home watching TV all day, and then I went to my niece's birthday party. They don't really have any physical, forensic evidence at the moment, so they kind of had to let it be, but they just have that gut feeling. Like, I just feel like he did it, you know, kind of, you have this weird thing about it, right? So later that day, they go, and they're like, let's just go ask him a few more questions. When they get to Danny's mom's and stepdad's house, which is where he was staying, they see Danny standing on the porch. Once Danny sees the police, he takes off running into the woods next to the house, which is never a good look for the innocent, just saying. Yeah. So the police go and they search the woods and they find a shirt belonging to Danny and a wet pair of gloves, which detectives believe he had been wearing when he drowned Abigail and William. They issue a manhunt um, for Danny and included 50 local state officers, police dogs, and even a state police helicopter. Danny attempted to kidnap a woman, grabbing her at gunpoint and making her drive him in her car. She managed to, uh, to escape and then reported it to the police immediately. 
And within 48 hours of the manhunt, the police were able to find Danny LaPlante hiding in a dumpster. <laughs> so uh, thankfully, because someone recognized him from a photo on the news, that's how they were able to find him there. Um, yes. They... <laughs> They found one of Abigail's hairs on his sock, and so they were able to finally connect him with um, forensics to the case. Yeah, so here's a complete list of evidence that they actually found. So the 22 caliber bullet casing was also found at Danny's house. It matched the two found in the Gustafsson, I totally butchered the name, house. The gun that was used to shoot Priscilla was also found by Daniel's stepfather in the glove compartment of a junk Jeep Cherokee, which just sat in the house um, in the yard of the LaPlante home. Ballistics would testify at trial that the bullet casings found at the Gustafsson home were also found to match this gun. A pair of Converse sneakers matched the prints in the flower bed. They were found in Daniel's closet. A sock with saliva on it was found, which the police believed had been used to gag Priscilla, unfortunately, while she was being raped. A necktie, a sock, stockings, and pantyhose, which had been fashioned into ligatures, um, were also found. One of Danny's socks was found to have fibers on it, which matched fibers at the Gustafsson home. And I'm so sorry, I'm butchering that name so bad. Um... They also found, like we said, the strand of hair that belonged to Abigail on the sock. They found the cordless phone that had been stolen, and there was a thumbprint which belonged to Daniel, was on the phone. This guy did not cover his tracks well. DNA wasn't really much of a thing at this time, but Daniel's blood revealed that he was a type A secretor, which is the same as the semen they found on Priscilla's bed. And at trial, one of the canine officers was able to testify that the scent dog picked up the scent on an object in the Gustafson home. Um, And this dog was able to follow that scent all the way, basically, to Danny's house. So there's a lot of evidence there, I would say, especially for late 80s style. I mean, it's not hard DNA like now, but I'm sure if they went back now they'd be able to find straight on Mm -hmm. DNA. So, yeah. So his trial began in October of 1988 and he was 18 at the time. He underwent a psych evaluation and it was determined that he could stand trial. And even though he committed the crimes at 17, it was decided that he would be tried as an adult. Uh, So the entire trial, he had a smirk on his face. He showed no remorse um it made it hard for his lawyer to even defend him they tried to use his childhood and upbringing upbringing as part of his defense but nearly 50 witnesses stood in the trial in favor of never letting danny walk in the streets of public again um after five uh, hours of deliberation the jury declared him guilty he was sentenced to three life term sentences and he's currently incarcerated at mci norfolk prison in norfolk massachusetts (laughs) i can't say that either okay Um, massachusetts massachusetts my stepdad's from massachusetts (laughs) i've never been assholes right (laughs) that's what i've learned that's what i've learned drivers of massachusetts are known as massholes (laughs) are they worse than california (laughs) apparently yeah and i would kind of concur actually what i've seen the last few days so the worst drivers i've been ever seen are in dc (laughs) like 
I was terrified for my life when we were in I mean, that's that's close to here, so. Yeah, makes sense. It's spread over. (laughs) Yeah. So let's back it up to Danny's childhood. So Danny LaPlante has a childhood like most of the criminals that we have talked about in past episodes, unfortunately. He was born in Townsend, Massachusetts, which is where this crime takes place, in 1970. And both of his parents were neglectful and his father was physically, mentally, and sexually abusive. He was also physically and sexually abused by other adults in his life, which is terrible. I mean, it's just terrible in general, but most of these people were friends of his parents. Um, however, since he was a minor during the murders, a lot of his early personal life is not completely available. I mean, he was still developing his personal life when... He committed these terrible crimes. Once he started school, he had a hard time socially and academically. He was dyslexic and hyperactive. And I mean, now I feel like the schools do, they make a much larger effort, I feel like, to accommodate people that have dyslexia or are hyperactive, have ADD. Yeah. Back in the 70s and 80s, no, they're not going to care about that. you got to be all on the same level, so... Um, not that that should drive you to do this kind of stuff, but he was unable to focus, so he eventually failed his classes. He really didn't have any friends in school, because a lot of students just thought he was creepy or weird, and he didn't really care for his hygiene, like we said, we called him Pepperoni Wolverine or whatever, or Wolfman. Pepperoni Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what he looked like. Oh. Gosh. Yeah, no, it is though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's so gross. Look up a picture of him if you want to. He's uh-huh. he's a psycho. Um, he also smelled really bad, so that's a big thing for me, right? Stinky Pete, stinky Ray, yeah. stinky Danny. The lack of hygiene and the decline of his academic life led to the school mandating that he needed to see a school psychiatrist regularly. Which personally, I feel like. Now they would look at the parents for this, like the parents need to be held responsible for this, not necessarily him. Yeah. But different times. Yep. So instead of helping this, um, this worsened the situation because the psychiatrist began to sexually abuse Danny, just like his father and other adults in his life had done. So he began to act out pretty early in his teenage years, breaking into people's homes and stealing small items. And then eventually he began moving things around the house, furniture to the other side of the room, vases onto different tables, pulling things out of their closet. Um, you know, just small, well, small things kind of, but also, you know, just trying to let people, let them know that, you know, somebody's been in your house. So he liked knowing that people were scared. Um, he stopped stealing and then started just, exclusively break into houses just so he can move people's belongings around um and this is you know kind of the precursor to what happened with the andrews sister when he um, sisters when he was moving stuff around in their home to just create like a um like taking away their security in their own home yeah since being arrested he has shown little remorse for the crimes and murders Actually, he was laughing when he was arrested for the murders, and he was laughing when he was arrested for the attempted murder, I guess you could say, of the Andrews family. It's pretty apparent that he suffers multi-personality disorder, I would say. I mean, I'm no psychiatrist, but it kind of seems that way. 
Between 1988 and 2014, he has made several attempts to sue the court for violating his rights. In 2013, Danny tried to sue the Massachusetts Department of Corrections because they had denied him access to colored pencils for his <laughs> Book of Shadows, ritual herbs, and specific fruits and nuts, medallions, and carrot cake, and dragon blood, which was an oil he said he needed to practice Wicca. The cake was to excite his senses, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it does have that for me, too, but, you know, whatever. He said he needed it for his religion. He was acting as his own lawyer on the case, but a pagan was brought as an expert for the whole ordeal and said that those items were not necessary for him to continue practicing Wicca and everything. (laughs) (laughs) So ridiculous. Uh, LaPlante was allowed to use the basement of one of the prison buildings to hold rituals. That, to me, is a lot of fucking freedom, first of all, that the prison would even do that. That's crazy. But he complained that he was now not allowed outdoors during full moons and that the cake was served as part of his religion was too plain. And he wanted access not only carrot cake, but also sugar cookies and chocolate cake, depending on the month. I feel the same, depending, depending on, on the time, time of the, the month. month. <laughs> I also want to both make the same joke. Full moon, <laughs> third yeah, week of the month. month. I want chocolate. <laughs> yeah, and just like, I, uh, you don't get to have carrot cake and excite your senses when you kill children. Like, let that be a lesson to all you Wiccans. And like, I know that. You don't get to have your cake too. <laughs> yeah, you don't get to eat it. Um, and I just like, all right, they seem to be, they're, they're giving him some stuff. He had access to, um, some oils for his rituals. He had access to the basement. He had access to some cake, but it just, it's not the one he wants. He should just and find just... a new religion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Wicca is all about being outside in nature, right? You're behind bars. So. Yeah. So maybe. <laughs> Time to turn to Christianity. <laughs> He'd like, probably have a bigger chance of getting out of prison if he went to Catholicism or something like that, to be honest. I was like, in the news articles we were reading about this um, in 2013, it was saying how Wiccans like believe in doing no harm. And I'm just like, well, <laughs> you raped a pregnant woman and murdered her children. So how... How's that working? The but, articles that I read didn't even say yeah. Wiccan or Pagan. They said Satanist. Oh my God, said that he course. was denied the rights <laughs> to practice his Satanic rituals. And that he was a Satanist murderer. I don't know about that. He da, passed da, da. some... <laughs> he passed some, um, like, test, I guess, that they do in Massachusetts to see if they actually really are that religion. Um, and so... I don't know. I I guess they said that there was 13 different recognized Do they religions. do that for Christians? <laughs> I don't know. They probably do. Because there's definitely some people that say they're Christian, right? but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a Massachusetts-specific thing or not. That's either. so weird. Yeah. Maybe because of Salem. They're like, are you a witch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Do you float? <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> We don't want to make the mistakes of our fathers here before. (laughs) We do a thorough check of your witch history. Right? Oh, my gosh. I'm just... How dare he ask for cake? It just makes me mad. 
know, unnecessarily so maybe, but um, I'm glad he didn't get his carrot cake. So in 2017, he applied for a reduced sentence and made an apology for the first time for his actions. He said, I do not have the words to fully express my profound sorrow, but I'm truly sorry for the harm that I've caused. From the very essence of who I am, from the depths of my soul, I am sorry. But a psychiatrist said that Danny still showed no signs of remorse and did not show signs of having any emotions. Um, so, denied. And then he tried again in 2019, but was also denied. So I mean, um, I can write poetry too, Danny. So <laughs> I think in 2014, I was reading that some law passed that um, life sentences for people who were... Um, young during the time of their crime like should be vacated and they should be out early and so some people were able to get out early based on that but um the judge that he went before was just like your crime did not show any signs of youth or like you know you were definitely had that adult mindset and you're knew what this you were was doing, an so. intense crime yeah this was intense like honestly i mean we watched this on an episode, like we said, of Your Worst Nightmare. Mm-hmm. And then when Katie was like, what do you want to do next? I was like, I want to do Daniel LaPlante. Because <laughs> that thing is so freaking scary yeah. and I want everyone to know about it. And also check your freaking crawl spaces. Check I your know. basements. Check it all, man. Check your attics. Check they're everything. They're peeping it's, on you. It is oh my God. so scary. So scary. Um, but it's just such a crazy thing. And this was escalating. And like... Thank God that this guy got caught when he did. I mean, he would have done it again and again. He would have definitely have done it again, and I'm I'm sure if he got let out now, he would do it again or do something similar to it. Like, yeah. Unfortunately, he's not of sound mind, and no, I don't know what the cure is for that, but he <laughs> cannot be a you know normal contributor to our society. Like he just can't. No. So. I don't know. Nope. He's probably I'm... better off in jail. I hate to say that, but... No, it know. is. When there's people who can't, you know, are a danger to other people, that's the best place for him, yeah. especially because his is violent. Um, and, yeah. God. like, I I do feel for... Um, I don't want to say I feel for him. I do feel for him as the kind of childhood he had. I mean, he was young, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that's also not an excuse to murder people and terrorize people and rape people. So, um, unfortunately, he didn't get the help he needed when he was younger, but I think by the time anybody noticed, he was beyond that kind of help anyway. Yeah. um, I mean, the guy's allowed to eat freaking cake and sugar cookies and practice his rituals in the basement and do his coloring books. Like, yeah, it doesn't sound that bad, buddy. You want to get a job and pay taxes out here? Huh? Huh? Right. You want to pay taxes? COVID. Get your car registered. (laughs) Yeah, deal with COVID all the time. Like, it ain't fun, man. It ain't fun. Stay in prison. (laughs) (laughs) At least you get uh, fed for free. I know it's terrible. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Anyway, at least like you're not getting like um, the death penalty. You're just doing what you want. I mean, I'm, you know, whatever. So that is Danny LaPlante. And if you live somewhere that has a basement, I'm sure you're checking your <laughs> Put a box over it. Or a crawl space. Um, 
My dad is a plumber and he has to go through crawl spaces a lot. And I mean, a lot of crawl spaces in California are very small. Like my dad barely fits in and has to shimmy around. But some, you know, 16 year old boy like this. so My dad's actually Uh found some weird stuff under houses too. He found like bones one time and he had to report it to the police, but they turned out to be animal bones. I was so disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. It's like, dang, I wanted to know <clears throat> there was a crime. I wanted something wild to happen. I wanted something wild. So our sources for today was obviously the show Your Worst Nightmare was our number one source. So then good. upon deeper research, parkaman.com, Mamma Mia. <laughs> Mamma Mia. Mamma yes. Wikipedia, NPR, HuffPost.com, Medium.com. Uh, yeah. Great stuff, man. <laughs> Great stuff. So, so if your kids tell you that somebody's knocking on the walls, maybe check your behind your walls. Ghosts are real. They could be a real spirit, or it could be a real creepy person creeping you out. Yeah. So, pay yep. attention to that shit, guys. Enjoy your drink. We hope you guys have a wonderful week. Uh, check out some of. Let's see, Katie's gonna go be checking out some creepy stuff up in Oregon in the next week. Mm-hmm. I've got some cool Salem stuff up on the Instagram. So, yeah. Enjoy. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Have a great night.